Hello, sweet friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Becoming a Radiant Wife podcast. You've probably noticed the name has changed a few times throughout the year. God is just unfolding things, and I appreciate your patience as we kind of work some things out. I figure in another year that it'll be uh, smooth sailing, right? Anyway, I just decided to go ahead and make the name of the podcast the same as the group. Let's be real. My heart is to strengthen relationships in order to bring some light to this dark world, and there is something truly magnificent about the marriage relationship that God created. He created all of these completely unique humans and then combined them through marriage to create another completely unique human. It's incredible. Do y'all ever think about that? Do y'all ever revel in how precious the marriage relationship is? I know I've said numerous times that it is the second most important relationship next to our relationship to God. God essentially decided that two people can accomplish more than just one, which is why we have to remember that we're on the same team as our spouse. We need to embrace our differences, even the ones you don't like. We all grow at different paces. Remember, we've talked about this. From baby Christians to mature Christians, we all should be growing and maturing to remove all the parts that don't look like Jesus. We also have to do that in our marriages. We remove the parts that don't look like Jesus. All right? Anyway, on to this week's topic. So two weeks ago, we talked about the breastplate of righteousness. And this week, we move on to the sandals of peace. Now, the NIV version that I use calls calls it the gospel of peace. Um, Different versions just word it differently. So our verse that we memorized the last two weeks is the last part of Ephesians 6, verse 14b, with the breastplate of righteousness in place. Hopefully that was easy peasy for y'all. This week we added on verse 15, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Now, I've said numerous times that if I don't specify which version of the Bible I'm using, it's going to be the NIV. Um, That is my preference. Sometimes I'll use the ESV or King James Version even. If I want some different wording, want something a little bit um, more clear if I feel like uh, I like their translation better. But if I don't say, it's always from the NIV. Okay, let's talk about the sandals that are so intricately fitted on your feet. The sandals the soldiers wore had spikes on the bottom in order in order to hold them in place when the terrain they were walking through got unsafe. <clears throat> Excuse me. The sandals kept them stable. Some versions of this verse call them the sandals of peace, which I already mentioned. Um, just depends on which version of the Bible that you're using. I like the NIV version. I like that they use gospel in the description. Um, That's how we receive peace. So it's fitting that the sandals are described that way. Okay, before going into detail, I'm going to begin with a completely simple statement. For anyone that has been listening for any length of time, you know, I like good solid definition. I like an action plan. And I like simplicity. Don't try to add a bunch of words in and mumble it all up. I just want a simple explanation. So here it goes. The gospel of peace equals when we receive the gospel and our salvation, 
we no longer have to live at unrest. Because at the end of the day, the worst thing that can happen to us is that we die. If we're saved, we know where we're actually going. Therefore, death doesn't even have a hold on us. We don't have to worry anymore. Like, we can take that one off the table. Okay. We can live at peace because we receive it from Jesus at salvation. Now, the sanctification part is that we have to make it who we are. Remember, the flesh wants what is contrary to the Spirit. So Galatians 5, verses 16 to 17 says, So I walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify... Sorry. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. All right. So you heard the Spirit and the flesh, they're in conflict with one another. We receive peace from the Holy Spirit. It's now ours. It's now one of our attributes. When I describe myself, I can actually say, hello, I'm Lisa, and I have peace. Do I always look like I have peace? Nope. Do I mess this up sometimes? (laughs) You betcha. (laughs) This is where our sanctification comes in, right? We must continually ignite this beautiful peace gift that we have been given by our awesome Savior until it becomes second nature. Till it is just our natural response to the craziness of this world that tries to knock us off our seat. So there you go. Tied up in a neat little package, complete with a bow. Ha, that was a very short podcast this week, wasn't it? (laughs) Just kidding. You know there's more. But that's just the simple explanation. So So if you're interested, keep listening to find out how we ignite this gift of peace. So there's actually 92 verses in the Bible that reference this type of peace. Interestingly enough, this word only occurs in the New Testament. So this verse, this word peace, uh, some of its definitions are one, and this is from Strong's Concordance. So it lists it as one, peace, defining peace, (laughs) quietness, and rest, Um, and then from helps word studies uh, it says wholeness so when all essential parts are joined together peace god's gift of wholeness so those are just kind of um some of the little definitions of what peace means i think you can mostly gain understanding of the word peace through reading the verses where this word appears um this specific definition of peace appears um so We are going to look at some of those verses and see if we maybe notice a theme. All right, John 14, verse 27. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. John 16, verse 33. Remember, we're listening for a theme. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Galatians 5, 22 to 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Philippians 4, verses 6 to 7. Sorry, I said there was quite a few. 
Not all 92, though, I promise. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, 8-9, the very next two verses. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whether you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Colossians 3, verse 15. Are you still with me? (laughs) So let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. Romans 5 verse 1, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. James 3 verse 18, And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. All right, so when I read these verses, I notice a few things. One, I notice that peace seems to be the opposite of fear, anxiety, and unrest. Number two, peace only comes from God. We can't manufacture that within ourselves. Number three, fear, anxiety, and unrest seem to happen when we focus on what we don't have or what we think we need. Number four, peace is ignited when we focus on what we do have, namely eternal life and a God who loves and takes care of all of our needs on this earth. If you need to remember a reminder of that, Matthew 6, verse 33, I know I've mentioned this one before, um, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. So we've talked about that, about how seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness And then he will provide everything that we need in order to live out his plan. Now, if his plan isn't for me to live in a mansion and drive a Ferrari, he's not going to provide those things because I don't need those for the plan he has laid before me. Number five, peace is ignited through Thanksgiving. Ah, there it is. There are so many different things I could say about fitting your feet with the sandals of peace, but I'll start with this. When I look at the word peace and read it in all of these verses, I notice that it is a natural occurrence in the spirit from Jesus, but our flesh constantly needs to be reminded. Remember two weeks ago when we said righteousness was natural to God, not natural to us. I'm feeling like peace is very similar to that. All right, so far we have covered the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, and the gospel or the sandals of peace. The thing I see in common with all of these things is that they may, that they all come directly from God. We can't make up our own truth. We don't possess righteousness on our own. And we don't naturally live at peace. Another verse that I've loved for many years is Romans 12 verse 18. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. This tells me that peace isn't something that I have on the inside and keep on the inside for my own benefit. Peace is something that I'm supposed to spread to others. Okay, so I have a, um, I don't even know what they're called, like, anyway. See myself 
is a jam spreader. <laughs> All right? So hear me out. Peace is a fruit of the Spirit. My job is to ignite the fruits of the Spirit and spread that fruit to others. Hence, think of yourself as a fruit spreader, like a jam spreader, right? You're just out in the world taking your fruits of the Spirit and just spreading them all over the place, okay? <laughs> That's our job. That's our job as Christians. We are also supposed to do that within our families. I never want to be the one who makes someone's day worse. I never want to cause extra chaos in someone else's mind, someone else's heart, or in their life. I know that the kingdom of God gives me attributes that are not natural to the flesh. My job is to spread those fruits and give credit where credit is due when someone asks where the unnatural peace and hope that I have come from. First uh, Peter 3 verse 13 is um, the reference that I have here. I can't believe I didn't actually look that verse up. I mean, I looked it up. I can't believe I didn't um, type it in here. So look it up on your own. It's the verse that says, when anyone asks you, um, you know, tell them where your hope comes from. All right, earlier I mentioned that if you keep reading, I would let you in on the secret of how you ignite peace. We know that just like righteousness, peace is given freely at salvation. But what are we supposed to do with it? Let's look again at Philippians 4, verse 6 to 7. And remember number 5? Yeah, that's what we're getting at is um, number 5 on the things that I noticed about these verses. Philippians 4, verses 6 to 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. How are we to not be anxious, but live at peace? Well, we do this by presenting our requests with thanksgiving. We get them out of our head. We lay it out there and we give it to the one who has any control over anything. With thanksgiving is the key here. Being thankful that God will always provide all that we need to live out his call. We've learned that everything we need for survival in this spiritual battle comes directly from God. We don't have the tools in our flesh that we need for survival. We're talking about spiritual warfare here. Remember, our very first verse was Ephesians 6 verse 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So we know that our battle is not against flesh and blood, right? We don't have the tools that we need. We can't think hard enough to make righteousness happen. We can't make up truth, and we certainly can't possess beautiful peace in this constantly changing, constantly going against God's divine plan, crazy, messed up world. We have to stop depending on ourselves to make it through this life on earth. We have a father who always provides. Like he has unlimited resources. All right. How do we apply this to marriage? That's what we're here for, right? Peace is a huge part of marriage. If any of you have been married more than 15 minutes, you know. Peace is a huge part of marriage. Marriage is made up of two people intended to function as one. Spiritually, that's beautiful. Imagine always knowing what your spouse is thinking or 
what the other person in the relationship needs to get through a tough time or how they're going to respond to every situation. Imagine the two of you running like a well-oiled machine every single day. Wouldn't that be amazing? It really would be, but we are still two people living part flesh, part spirit. There's going to be some unrest. All right, so we must put on the gospel of peace every single day. Just like I said, we've got to put on the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness every single day. As far as it depends on you, keep the peace with everyone. Spread that jam. Know in your heart that God chose to put you with your spouse and live in a way that you don't cause chaos or unrest in the heart and mind of your spouse. I don't mean that you should avoid those hard conversations. That's not healthy, right? There is a way to discuss your issues that do not place blame and they do not cause dissension. You are on the same team, hopefully living with the same goals as to your purpose on this earth. I mean, I'm sure he's got his job, you've got yours. You each have your own roles, but the goals for your purpose on this earth, that's what I'm talking about. You have a peace that surpasses all understanding. Practice igniting it. Now, I'm not sure if any of you know the story of Horatio Spafford. He's the one who wrote the hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. I do have a link um, that I'm going to post um, in the podcast, in the description. So I encourage you to read his story and then just sit quietly and listen to his song, It Is Well With My Soul. If any of you have been in the church, you have probably heard that hymn played numerous times. It's pretty incredible when you read his story and you know the pain that it was written out of and that he had peace. It's amazing. Okay, now for our action steps. We cannot forget those. Number one, we're going to read 1 Corinthians 13 every single morning, just like we do every single morning. We're going to do this until loving this way becomes so natural that loving in the need-based way of the world, it just feels wrong. Okay? We are changing the next generation. We want them to see. We want the number one thing that I hear teens say um, about Christianity is that we're hypocrites. That why would they want to be part of the Christian faith? Because Christians are just hypocrites. And that breaks my heart because my God is not a hypocrite. We just screw up like we are Christians because we are broken and we need forgiven. And so my desire is for us as Christian women to read 1 Corinthians 13 and really put that kind of love into practice so that next generation, it sees the love of Jesus is pure and it's beautiful. And that's what we're commanded to do. He never commanded us to judge all those people. He never commanded us to do that. My God loves everyone and my God judges everyone. That's his job. What he told me to do is to love everyone, to love them like Jesus. All right. First Corinthians 13, top priority. All right. Number two, we're going to read Ephesians 6, 10 to 20 every single day because we're going to put on the full armor of God every morning. That's how we're going to start our day. We are going to We're going to put on that armor and we're going to be ready to conquer anything that comes in our way. 
Number three, memorize Ephesians 6 verse 15, just like all those other weeks. Make note cards to hang around your house, post it in your car, put it on stickies, label your alarms with a verse so you see it first thing in the morning and throughout the day. You can put these things everywhere so that you do not forget these verses. Number four, listen to this podcast again. Read it on the blog Study this one for the next two weeks. Share it with friends. Our world is a mess, and I see spiritual warfare happening in so many marriages. So many marriages are in trouble. We need to ignite peace so that people will see that no matter what comes our way, we have a peace that surpasses all understanding, and it comes from God who is without limited resources. He has everything that we need to live out the plan he has for us. We have to ignite the peace and we have to spread it. We have to spread the jam. So put on those sandals that keep us from believing all the things that come our way and those sandals that keep us steady in such an unsteady world. Remember the sandals? They were to keep those soldiers steady. This world is unsteady and we can get knocked over really easily if we allow it. But if we stand firm with the gospel of peace in place, we can handle anything. And last but not least, join us in the Facebook group, Becoming a Radiant Wife. It is a very small community. We are growing, um, but it's a slow process. So I just ask you to hop over to the Facebook group, answer the questions so I know you're a real person, not a bot or a spammer. We want to make sure that the people in the group are authentically there, that they really are committed to their marriages. They are committed to becoming a radiant wife. They are committed to their sanctification and bringing glory to God. That is exactly what we're there for. So, um, yeah, hop over there and join the Facebook group. We would love to have you. It is a private group. We are just a community of wives who are committed to strengthening our marriages in order to strengthen our families and our communities. And I'm so glad you were here this week. I'll be back in two weeks. So until next time, bye.